Hello, True Crime BFFs. Today's episode is going to be brief. Well, you know, maybe. Much like our last episode with Twilight Crooks, there is very limited information out there. And also, much like last week, that is precisely why I'm desperate to bring you this story. True Crime BFF is still evolving, and I still have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm finding myself drawn to stories and victims that, for whatever reason, have not had their fair share of media attention. I think I'm drawn to these stories because we can change that. We can give them that attention. We can demand justice. It's just a matter of spreading the word until the right person hears it. The senseless and shocking murder of Marky Martin has every possibility of being solved. His family deserves that. And I think when you hear what his loved ones have been through so far, you will definitely agree. So let's not beat around the bush and get right into it. In February of 2020, Lakeisha Arrington, a mother and grandmother living in Arkansas, received an alarming text message from an unknown number. It warned that if she didn't pay $7,000, her 26-year-old son, Marquis, would be violently killed. As always, before we jump into all the awful stuff, Let's do what we do here and talk about who Marquis was as a full person, not just his horrific end. Marquis Darian Martin, affectionately known as Mac to friends and family, was born on August 5th, 1993, making him a Leo so you already know he's the star of the show. He was born in Warren, Arkansas to Lakeisha Arrington and Jeffrey Jackson. You guys, his smile is just beautiful. He looks so friendly, so warm, like someone that would immediately put you at ease, make you feel more comfortable, or somebody that would just pull over on the side of the highway at rush hour to help a stranger fix a flat tire. He just gives off good guy vibes. I don't know how to explain it better than that. It's important to note that Marquis is a black man living in Monticello, Arkansas. Monticello? I I don't know how to say it. I got to be honest. But the fact that he is black is going to come up later. And in my opinion, it's a huge factor in this case. If you're like me, you're going Monticello, Arkansas. Who? What? Where the hell is that? I certainly couldn't find it on a map if you paid me. Y'all, I don't know why, but I love this census data stuff. So let me break it down for you so you can get an idea of the people and the area there where he lives. Recent census data shows the population of Monticello is about 8,400 people. So approximately the population of a TJ Maxx on a random Tuesday evening. The median income is around $33,000 annually. Races are coming in at 49% white, 45% African-American, and uh, let's see, 3% Hispanic. So just something to note. 
But back to our main focus of today, the entire reason we are here, and that is to shine a light on and talk about Marquis. This all comes from what I could find in the media as well as his obituary. I read every single condolence message on the Funeral Homes website. He seems like such an outstanding guy. He made enough of an impression on folks that he just like casually knew through work, things like that. But these people felt compelled to leave a memory or a thought about him. At the time of his death, he was employed at Drew Central School District as a paraprofessional, and he also worked part-time at McDonald's in Monticello. He was a very hard worker from a young age. He even was working with his Uncle Rod in the logging industry, which apparently is a big thing in Arkansas. Who knew? Everyone at the school that he worked at agreed. All the kids adored him. They called him Uncle Mac, and he would go above and beyond in the Wilmer neighborhoods, always making sure each kid got safely on the bus every morning. One anonymous grandparent of a student at the school that he worked at commented that Mac was so peaceful and so loving, and that it was clear that he cared for those kids. And speaking of kids, Marquis was a father himself. He had a young son, also named Marquis Darian. It's hard for me to say just how old Marquis Jr. was at the time of his father's disappearance. If I had to guess, I would say three to five. And just a cute anecdote about Marquis in his obituary, it mentioned that although he was appalled by the price of Pampers, He was an outstanding dad, and we know that he worked hard to buy those pampers and anything else that his son needed. So let's talk about the last time Marquis was seen. That was Sunday, February 9th, 2020. After getting off his shift at McDonald's, he was seen on surveillance video at a Murphy's USA gas station near Walmart in Monticello, Arkansas. That was at 9.21 p.m. It's reported that after leaving the Murphy's gas station, he was later driven to his home in Wilmer and dropped off. So he's getting this ride, he's stopping by the gas station, and then going home. And I want you guys to all check out the Facebook page, Justice for Marquis Martin, which will be linked in the show notes. There are some detailed posts on there about who that person was giving him a ride that night, but their name is not reported anywhere else, so I'm a little hesitant to say it. They have not been mentioned as a suspect or a person of interest by the police, but by all means, do take a look at the Facebook page. That Murphy's gas station video surveillance footage would be the last time he was ever seen alive again. One moment he was there, and now in an instant he's gone. No one knew anything was wrong immediately, but when Marquis didn't show up for his jobs on Monday or Tuesday, alarm bells slowly but surely were starting to go off. 
For him to miss days of work was completely unlike him. Remember, he's a really hard worker. He has a son to support. When word gets around to his mom, Lakeisha, that no one can reach him, she instantly knows something is terribly wrong. You see, for a few weeks before any of this had even gone down, before she ever realized her son was missing, Lakeisha had been feeling some kind of way. She couldn't put her finger on it, but something was off, something was wrong, and she knew it. She was having regular panic attacks, and she had no idea why. Now, suddenly, it all clicked. That feeling of impending dread suddenly made perfect sense. Her son, her only baby boy, is gone. By February 11th, 2020, friends and family couldn't wait one more minute, and 26-year-old father Marquis was reported as missing to the police. And yes, he was a grown man. If you are a true crime BFF, then you already know that absolutely jack shit is going to come from him being reported missing. But the report is filed. Y'all, exact details and dates are really hard to come by in this case, but I'm going to do the best that I can for what comes next. So it looks like Lakeisha received this horrifying text, this ransom text that I told you about at the start of the episode, a few days after Marquis was reported missing. And let's read that in full right now. This is to let you know that Mac was kidnapped by myself and my men, and we demand a ransom payment of $7,000 before we release him back to you alive. You are warned to not tell anyone or the cops about this, or he dies. Do not act smart. I am too old for games. If you want this done with peace, I'm cool with it. But if you are calling the cops in, I'm fine too. The cops are no threat to me. And I don't think I need to show you how dangerous I could be by hurting him. Choose wisely. I have my personal reasons for taking this long before contacting his family. Okay, a few things to note about the text besides the piss poor job the supposed kidnapper did at writing it. Most interesting, I think, is that the unknown person, the sender, refers to Marquis as Mac. So it's got to be somebody that knows him, right? And just how did this person get Lakeisha's number? I'll go ahead and tell you that the trace on the origins of the text or the sender, they lead nowhere. I believe it's just a burner or the true cell number was masked, you know, like using one of those apps. Now, I have a really hard time believing that they still can't trace the call or figure it out, even if both of those things are true. We've seen it done in countless other cases. But moving on. Another thing that stood out to me as well was the sender referring to themselves as we. 
why do ransom demands always do this? You are not tricking us or throwing us off, bro. I also think that it's interesting how long it took for Marquis's mom to receive this after he actually vanished. The sender even references that quote, I have my personal reasons for taking this long before contacting his family. Well, I have my own personal theories on why there may have been such a delay in the ransom coming into Lakeisha, but we can talk about that more later. Let me answer your first question. Yes, Marquis's mom did go back to the police. She took this very seriously. She did not think it was a joke or a prank. For shit's sake, her son had already been reported as missing. And now this? She was desperate for help, desperate to find her son. But y'all didn't think the Drew County Sheriff's Department was actually going to help her, did you? I mean, here we have a very dependable, outgoing, and reliable person. A young father who was in constant communication with tons of people, who has suddenly vanished off the face of the earth, and now his mom receives a threatening ransom demand? Why in the world would they actually do anything about it? No, no, let's just sit back and wait and see if he turns up. So yeah, despite Lakeisha's pleas, her begging of the authorities to look into this, nothing happens. With no help or interest from the sheriff's department, all she could do was anxiously wait. Sleepless night after sleepless night passed. A little boy didn't hear from his father. No one was there to make sure that all the neighborhood kids got on the bus safely in the morning. Where was he? For a month, everyone waited on pens and needles, sick with the thought of just what could be. But they did have hope. They had to have hope. Marquis was the backbone of this family. Friends and loved ones were desperate. They looked everywhere in this small town in the surrounding areas for him. They were hopeful, but also scared to death of what they might find. And there was good reason for them to be scared. Even worse than all of the horror stories that we can make up in our own minds when somebody is missing, Marquis' mom and sister were absolutely petrified because on top of that ransom demand, they were receiving additional messages from numbers and people they didn't know. These were rumors and theories that were floating around town about what happened to Mac. And this person or persons thought that they should taunt his family with the information. In an interview with KTVE, Lakeisha said that in the month that he was missing, she was told her son was hung in a tree, he was dumped in the Saline River, and that his body was discarded like trash in a dumpster. You guys, I fucking hate everybody. Desperate for help, Lakeisha and Marquis' cousin Amber both pleaded with Sheriff Mark Gober to bring out search dogs for him, but it was no use. 
If you are new to True Crime BFF, first off, welcome. And let me tell you that I will always remind you if a name or a person is one that you need to remember. And Sheriff Mark Gober is definitely a name that will come up again. It's also a really stupid name that's kind of hard to forget, so that helps. Amber told KTVE News that, quote, I asked for the dogs and he said the dogs would run themselves down. You know, like the dogs would be tired looking for him, and that was very insensitive to me. Nothing he was doing was sincere, end quote. Amber said that Gober was not trying to find Marquis at all. It wouldn't be until March 7, 2020, that Marquis' body was found by a random passerby. The gruesome scene of his discarded body was in a creek just a few miles from the Wilmer city limits on Highway 133. The 26-year-old father, brother, son, and trusted friend was found executed. He had a bullet wound in the back of his head. The fatal shot was so close, you could even see gunshot residue on his scalp. By the time his remains were found, he had been missing for a month. There have been no statements made about how long the medical examiner estimated that his body had been there or what his date of death was. We don't know if they think he was murdered that same night he vanished or if they think he was held for some time before being shot. His mother has said that not knowing his date of death is extremely painful for her. She knew the day that he came into this world, and it's important for her to know the day that he left. I have so many questions myself, like, was he found wearing the same clothes seen on the gas station surveillance video? Was his phone there? What was the last activity on his phone? But we just don't know. Marquise's family relentlessly were tracking down every lead, following every tip, every rumor, even if Mark Gober and the sheriff's department wouldn't. They doggedly investigated their own loved one's murder, just like so many of the cases we have all heard too many times before. There were no major breaks in the case until an unbelievably shocking Snapchat started circulating on social media, one that would stun everybody in this small town. The Snapchat being sent and shared across Monticello and beyond is a picture of an oversized stuffed animal, a monkey, sitting on a couch. There are blankets scrunched up and draped over the leg of the monkey. At the bottom, the text reads, quote, Can I help you, N-word? End quote. Of course, in the actual Snapchat, the racial slur is fully spelled out. And as shocking as that is, I don't think any of us can imagine what seeing this did to Marquis' mother. 
And if you will recall, Marquis was employed at McDonald's as one of his jobs. I think this is clearly directed at or meant to be some sort of jab or sick joke at the expense of Marquis Martin. But let me say, I don't think something like this is a joke. Taunting a dead person's family and degrading and debasing the loved one that they lost, that's not a joke. It's something far worse. And on top of all this already, Lakeisha and others, they saw a lot more than just a stuffed monkey on a couch. Lakeisha swears that she can see her baby boy's face, specifically his nose, barely exposed, kind of under and wrapped up in the blanket. Lakeisha 100% believes in her heart that it shows her dead son in that Snapchat. You can very easily find the snap on a quick Google search. Definitely go take a look for yourself. God, you know, speaking of that, I'm thinking about Marky Jr., his son. Sure, he's young now, but he's certainly old enough to have a smartphone. Do you think he has seen that picture? I fucking hate it. But, so, I've got to be honest, I personally can't see a part of a face, any face in the image but at the same time, I can totally see what they're saying, if that makes any sense. A local news agency, or news station rather, they actually did pay to have the image forensically examined by an expert, which really seems like something the sheriff's department should have done. But either way, the results were inconclusive. They could not say if Marquis's body was shown in the Snapchat, and they also couldn't say whether or not the photo was doctored or manipulated. For what it's worth, it doesn't look photoshopped or anything, just your standard cell phone picture. But you guys are not going to believe who sent that Snapchat. Do you have any guesses? because I certainly did not see this one coming. The creator of that vile racist image was none other than the teenage son of acting sheriff Mark Gober. There is Zero info on how it was discovered that Gober's son was the piece of shit behind the taunting picture. It doesn't seem like the image or its origins were actually investigated or traced, but once it really started being shared and talked about widely, Mark Gober publicly announced and admitted that his son was behind it. The community was appalled by this information. How can the person responsible for leading the investigation be the same person whose son sent a family images like this? Lakeisha and many others insisted that Mark Gober take himself off the case, but he was not budging. He was not going to recuse himself from the case. He wasn't going to ask for outside help. Gober said that his son wasn't in Arkansas at the time of the murder. And I guess we're just supposed to take his word for it. 
friends and family banded together. They held a peaceful protest on the courthouse steps and also created a change.org petition, and that'll be linked in the show notes. It demanded that Gober step down from the investigation. I want to read you a few portions directly from the change.org petition, which very clearly directly accuses Mark Gober of covering up the murder of Marky. And guys, these are just bits and pieces that I'm going to kind of pull out, but please go read the whole thing. So it says, Marquis Martin was discovered battered, beaten, mutilated, and subsequently shot in the back of his head directly behind the sheriff's property in an area that was searched twice prior. It is widely believed in this town that the acting sheriff, Mark Gober's sons, Rain, Noah, their friends and other accomplices unknown at this time are responsible for the murder of Marky Martin. Next, in all caps, Mark Gober covered up the murder of Marky Martin. There has been extreme neglect when it comes to the investigation, even when presented with evidence. A Snapchat sent out by Noah Gober with Marky's body in it the day after he went missing. The sheriff, Mark Gober, Noah's father, refused to investigate, stating this is his town. There has been mishandling of evidence, evidence tampering, obstruction of investigators committed at the direction of Mark Gober himself. We want Mark Gober to step down as sheriff and step aside while an outside agency investigates this horrific murder and miscarriage of justice. Again, in all caps, this is corruption on the highest level. So, yeah, they did not beat around the bush. And when the Snap Snapchat thing came out and rumors, of course, swirled that his son was involved in the killing, Sheriff Gobert said it was all a political scandal, drummed up by an opponent in the upcoming election for sheriff. But I'm confused. Did your political rival get your teenage son's phone, get on Snapchat, and create this horrific racist image? One that I can only imagine was created for no other reason than to piss on the memory and break the heart of the family of a murdered man. Gober already admitted that his son sent the snap. So this isn't a rumor. This isn't drama drudged up in some ding-dong local election. The image was created and distributed by the son of the acting sheriff who was in charge of investigating this murder case, period. It's maddening. The change.org call to action received nearly 49,500 of their 50,000 goal for the signatures. Keep in mind, the town itself only had what, uh, like eight or 9,000 residents, according to the census data. That's nuts. 
Their message was sent loud and clear, and it was received. In early 2023, when the Drew County Sheriff's election was held, Gober was ousted by a guy named Tim Nichols. Nichols said that the case never should have been left in the hands of the Drew County Sheriff's Office. It should have been with a larger agency, like the Arkansas State Police. February 2023 marked three years since Marquise's tragic murder. The newly appointed sheriff eagerly resumed the investigation, hoping to finally uncover some answers for Marquise's grieving family. Sheriff Nichols formally requested that the far more equipped Arkansas State Police take over the case. Shockingly, the state denied this small-town sheriff's plea for help on their only unsolved case. I have no idea why, no reason was given, but it's almost like they don't give a shit. I don't know. We have to wait for them to tell us. So you guys, unfortunately, this is about the last update that I have on the case. And look, I have no idea what happened. As I said, there are conflicting theories as to who murdered Marquis. Was it the man that gave him a ride home from McDonald's that night? Was it the sheriff's son? And who wrote that ransom demand? Speaking of that, speaking of the ransom demand, just my two cents on this. I don't believe that whoever sent that text to Lakeisha was actually the person who shot Marquis in the back of the head and dumped his body in a creek. To me, I don't know why, but it it just reads like an opportunist. Someone who had secondhand or maybe direct knowledge that Marquis was murdered. Maybe they were there or they heard about it. It took a few days for word of the crime to travel to this person. Then they thought, fuck it. I didn't do it. Let me just go ahead and put in a half-ass attempt to extort his mom. All of this just enrages me. And I think it exposes some really blatant double standards that probably zero of us are shocked to see. For instance, let's say if I went missing, much like Marquis, I'm a parent to one son that means the world to me, but unlike Marquis, I'm white. I have a hard time imagining that if I suddenly vanished and my mom received a ransom demand, I think it would be a huge deal. I think it would be all over the news. I do think that they would bring out the dogs for me. I believe and hope that if I went missing under circumstances like Marquis, that all investigative tools and resources would be deployed. And if it were too late to save me, if I were murdered, shot in the back of the head, I think law enforcement would do all that they could to find justice or at least answers for my family. I don't think the state police would just pass on my case if my local department couldn't handle it. And you know, none of that is going above and beyond. I don't think it's outrageous to say that every single murdered human being deserves a legit and earnest effort to solve their case. Marquis Martin was a vibrant, loving person. 
He brought light into this world, and he deserves that same love and compassion in return. It's really the very least that we can do for him and his family. If you have any information about what happened to Marky Martin, please do the right thing. Do it for his mom, for his family. Call the Drew County Sheriff's Department at 870-367-6211. You can also email an anonymous tip to the email address there on the Drew County Sheriff's website. Just like so many of the cases that we've talked about, this case is solvable. It just has to reach the right person. Okay, we did it. If you liked today's episode, make sure to do all the podcasty things we're supposed to do, like rate, review. I'm practically begging you. And if you didn't like this episode, give me another chance. I am brand new at this. If you have a case that you would like me to cover, put it inside a review or hit me up on Instagram, which I barely know how to use or Facebook. I'm really looking forward to hearing all that you guys have to say. Make sure to stick around for a super brief what if corner. You'll see what I mean. Bye. Welcome to the What If Corner. The What If Corner is a way that we can end episodes on a less depressing note. I am just going to say whatever comes to mind, whatever I imagine that our victim would be like now in the present day if they were still alive. This is all absolute fantasy. I just want to imagine who they could have been. None of this is real. Okay, okay. Marquis, in my mind, I'm going to do this completely off the cuff because he is not hard to see the what if for Marquis Martin. I can just see him in my mind. So I think that he's got an like an entrepreneur spirit. You know, he's going to go on to start his own like men's manscape. I don't want to say manscaping, but like men's grooming products, like uh, beard oil, lotions, aftershaves, stuff like that. Him and his mom took forever. They were in the kitchen for months coming up with these formulas. He's got it down and it's actually really successful. He even took his son, Marquis Jr., to the local news station when he got interviewed like on the morning show about it because it was a huge deal and he got to take him onto the news set. He's got a new wife. He he married this lady named Shelby and she's got a son and he is an outstanding father to that kid as well. They started a new tradition when they got married, they took both boys to Disney World for their honeymoon. And now they're going to go back every year. And even though he doesn't work for the school anymore, he still has gone back there the past two years to see the fifth grade graduating class, to see them on to that next level and to cheer them on. And I am 
so sad that Marquis did not get to go on to that next level. I'm so sad that more people didn't get to see his smile. That's enough. <laughs>